It is May 5th, 2023, and it's not just a great day because it's Cinco de Mayo. It's an exciting day because my band, Drums Dream, just released its new album, The Gray in Between. Finally, it's out. It's available. You can buy the record. You can stream the record. You can come to a show and experience the songs live with us. But seriously, we're so fucking excited to share this thing with you, and that's why we decided to do this episode to give a little further insight into the process of making it. This episode was recorded last December, right before Christmas. We met up with our dear friend Jack Shirley at his studio, and we listened through the recording and reflected on the experience we had making it together. So before we get into this episode, here are a few announcements. Once again, our new record is out via Iodine Recordings, and you can purchase a copy via iodinerecords.com or head over to Deathwish, and you can find it there and we'll add the links in the show notes so you can click right through. Uh, This weekend, aka tomorrow, JD will headline the ZBR Fest in Chicago, and we will be accompanied by some amazing bands. Uh, We're really excited to see some familiar faces and some old friends. Shout out to the Daves at ZBR. Shout out to Meth, Gillian Carter, Black Matter Device, Close Down, and all the other amazing bands participating. It's going to be absolutely insane. We're super excited. Um, Additionally, while we're in Chicago and you heard it here first, we are going to do live sessions at Chicago Music Exchange and Audio Tree. So be on the lookout for those in the coming weeks. Also, uh, JD will be on tour with the amazing Elizabeth Color Wheel beginning May 20th in the U.S. Dates and tickets at drumsdreamforever.com slash tour. Other notable announcements, Loma Prieta is slated to release a new album on June 30th via Deathwish. Be sure to follow them on Instagram at Loma underscore Prieta and check out their latest single entitled Glare. It's an insanely beautiful and heartbreaking track and the accompanying video is beautiful as well. And um, their guitarist and friend of ours, Evan Henkel, directed it and um, Brian Kanagaki art directed and creative directed it um just yeah insane talent all around so congrats to those guys lastly uh we want to wish jack a very very happy birthday this is the most important aspect of today so happy birthday jack we love you and we can't wait to grab some vegan food upon our return dinner is on us so that's it for now uh thank you so much for tuning in thank you so much for listening Thank you so much for considering sharing this episode and sharing our new record if you dig it. And thanks for being you. I appreciate you. So without further ado, here is the latest episode uh, with Jerome's Dream and Jack Shirley. Let's roll it.
God damn. <laughs> yeah. I forgot how brutal that was. Nice to revisit on your speakers. <laughs> um, yeah. Better than my car. Better than your car. Yeah. You know, what, what can you say? Um, it's wild to get back to this sitting in your control room yeah. after, I guess, what's it been? We, we recorded this in July, and it is now December, a few days before Christmas, mm -hmm. and everyone who's listening now, you're listening to this the first day of this record's release, which is kind of wild to both pretend we're in the future, but also <laughs> in the past. Nice. <laughs> so where do we go from here, guys? And by the way, we are in the studio, Jack Shirley's studio, the Atomic Garden East in Oakland. And I've got Mr. Sean Leary to my left, Jeff Smith to my one o'clock, and I've got Mr. Jack Shirley to my 11 o'clock. And we're just uh, hanging out on a, what is it? What is it? Hey now, it's a Tuesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday night. <laughs> and, uh, um, full of Malibus. We're full of Malibus, a little bit drunk on some prime vegan foods. And, um, yeah, I guess we're just going to spitball this. Yeah. Kind of reflect on what, what we're actually listening to. We've never really done this before. So where can we start with this? I mean, why don't we, why don't we work backwards? Why don't we talk about that day? I, I'm, I'm almost curious to start picking your brain, Jack, about hmm. sort of your approach to this particular record versus what we've done together in the past. And maybe maybe you can sort of unveil things that you changed in the setup with this. I know that it was rather simplified in some ways. Is that true? The thing that hit me immediately when we when I pressed play just now is like, Jesus, this sounds brutal. Uh, and that was kind of like, that was my thought initially when I heard like the demos and all that stuff. It went, you know, the, some of the earlier writing for this was a little bit more melodic. It was a little bit more like pretty at times. And this was kind of more like, fucking hammer to the face or whatever and so in in the production just inevitably went that way also it's like it's it's not i wouldn't go as far as to say it's harsh i usually don't like mixes that i've done especially when i hear them a few months later but it feels like it's supposed to sound the way it does you know so for whatever that's worth but um but yeah we i don't know we we chose equipment that was like that felt most appropriate for what we were doing uh, it was mostly in the like guitar and um, bass and amp selections, you know. I don't think anything was necessarily simplified. I think it was really more on your end than mine. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was a collective effort, right? Like, so you mentioned guitars, and yeah. like, you know, this is the first record we've made with Sean, and I'm sure Sean, you could probably speak to just sort of your meticulousness about, um, you know, tones, textures. And like the nuance that you kind of brought to this, um, this particular song, is there anything that stood out to you just that day when, when you tracked it? And is there anything you could speak on in terms of your, your approach to making your guitar sound the way it sound sounds? You know, my, my general, uh, nature in making records tends to be to try and layer things in a way where like you're trying to capture sort of like the live feel of being in a hardcore band. And so you're yeah. doing all these things to try and like, for me, it's kind of like, you know, I break chords into pieces and like do all mm. this stuff to try and, you know, kind of like bring out 
pieces the, the that nuance or whatever yeah that doesn't they, come across when it's all just one big chord right and and i actually think like i felt liberated with a lot of these songs to just record them as we play them yeah instead of thinking about things in terms of like layering i guess i've been i've been thinking about this stuff sort of with recording in general where i'm like just having a really direct simple performance maybe just doubling but not like certainly trying to like break things into all these different components and like this wasn't create disharmonies and all this shit that yeah you know like i think i think a big part of it was that we kind of intentionally set out to record this in a way where we were like we're actually going to go like play some shows and play these songs and figure out how they feel in a room and we just we practiced a lot like in preparation to record in a way where we're like no the lyrics are going to be done there's going to be vocals we're going to we're going to know exactly how this sounds so that we know if we're like hitting the target that was actually something like uh, because i had seen you guys play a couple of these songs before we recorded right right, at that Mm -hmm. like uh, starline show and um and it was like that helps a ton to to hear it as it as it's supposed to sound basically or like in the in the environment that it's that it's going to be played in um yeah, so I think that played into it a lot. It was just like, like it is, it's simple in that like, it's not a lot of layering. It's very like forward. There's not a lot of like effects on anything. You know, it's very like it's dry and it's and it's like right at you. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think we were trying to go as immediate as possible. I mean, I think there was just a lot of discussion about how we were trying to like write this record that is for being played live, and we're trying to record it in that way and even with the approach and recording the vocals and everything too i think it's all just meant to be three people in a room playing this stuff as immediately as possible and make it sound like the speakers are as close to you as possible yeah. so I, you know I th- and and listening back now i'm like oh yeah that comes across cool it sure like does. it's it's a it's a concept that i haven't i think for myself it's like not my instinct i'm always kind of like oh we're going to record like let's get crazy right you know? right right <laughs> and and not doing that i'm like oh this sounds extremely heavy just to to do it this way sure you know yeah that was kind of the the refreshing thing about this um was realizing that we kind of established that immediacy that you're you're talking yeah. about and i think I think playing a show before we went into the studio was really helpful to kind of show us that we we had achieved that in a way mm-hmm. where it's almost like we we kind of knew what we were bringing into the studio rather than going into the studio to see what we could do and right. like what you're saying like how crazy we can get you know it Which wasn't like, like the that at all of the last one right it was the opposite well let's let's listen to the next track and then uh, you know speaking of like like the vocals kind of sitting on top of everything we can we can talk to Jeff about you know, a little bit about his his vocal approach and his and whatever he's willing to share about his lyrics, especially on this one. I was thinking that oh, the, I'm glad the vocals ended up at an appropriate volume. <laughs> Same, <laughs> me awesome. too.
so Jeff, I know that that lyrics are uh, a very personal element of of a song. What can you tell us about your approach to this one in particular, if you can at all, in terms of what your headspace was when you wrote these lyrics and what they're what they're kind of touching on, if you can even be a little bit vague? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you so much. And that's a wrap. Goodbye. <laughs> Um, this song is a little bit, it's like metaphorical, but it's also pulling from, um, stuff that's actually in going on in the world, but it's basically about trying to create, do what you love, um, sort of in the middle of a war zone and whether that be an actual war zone or just your your headspace, your the chaos that you live through every day, um, your job, your family, your whatever it is, and just having this one thing that you that keeps you going every day that like makes you get up and just want to do it no matter what's going on around you. So I mean, you know, I was just I think when I started writing it, there were you know it was pretty pretty early on in the the invasion of the Ukraine. So I was just, you know, seeing all the news and stuff and it just made me think about what, what are the artists there doing? And, um, you know, and then I started imagining what it would be like for me. And, um, so that's, that's kind of it, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy to, to think that that basically like what's going on in the world can kind of influence a song that suddenly I mean, obviously, all of our songs are very personal for us individually and collectively, right? So it's kind of cool how you are pulling from outside events, but somehow channeling it in a way where you're still drawing on probably your own war zone, like anyone does, like anyone in a creative headspace. I feel like expression comes through these types of experiences and whether these experiences are, are labeled as war zones or whatever they are. Uh, you know, obviously it's all individual, but would you say that in general with the lyrical themes, is there anything about these lyrics that, that where, where there's something singular that's kind of threading them, or is it is it more so just based in their own worlds, meaning are, they're living within these songs, but not not as a collective group of songs? Some of the songs have kind of parallel, I guess, arcs pulling from kind of the same the same references. Um, but you know, I sit down and just wherever I am in a, in a headspace is I just start going, and you know, I'll just kind of free write a little bit, and then um, I'll be, just be thinking about something, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go sit down, I'm gonna I'm gonna write, and some of those songs, you know, I wrote a bunch of them all together after we had written most of the music. Oh yeah, you were kind of you were kind of writing in clusters almost. Yeah, I mean, I wrote most of the songs, most of the lyrics in like a two week period, and I was. Is dead. so? Is there much of a through line then for the whole record? There is some, not all. Yeah, but some, but not necessarily obvious, right? No, not obvious. Um, is it X Files? <clears throat> X Files style, where like there is a story, but it only kind of pops in on on occasion. Sure, but that's <laughs> that's how I how I've always done it. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I, I still to this day waiting for someone to come up to me and figure out <laughs> one song on one record 
tying to another song on another record. Um, <laughs> Are you cause... saying that we're cryptic? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am, sure. Yeah, but some, some of the songs, um, the last song on each side of the record, they go together. We're all kind of getting back in this realm of the creation of this thing. You know, it's like we, we've played a few shows since we made the record we've we've obviously communicated tons but it's it's it, this is so unique in that we're we're sitting in the studio where we made this thing although although fun fact we we tracked the lyrics i'm sorry we tracked the vocals in our rehearsal space and then brought them to you yeah which we were not sure if that was like gonna work but we somehow made it work um and uh it's I, common enough these days everybody's you know the technology is there for people to like take it away and bring it back you for, know? for sure it was, yeah. it was just a yeah. it was a funny process that jeff and i kind of created where i was like standing three feet from him hmm. and kind of with you know sort of en- you know engineering with the computer you know i don't know it was like on some road cases or something and then hmm. you were standing with like your lyrics on your phone and we were just doing it and, and banging it out. Did you get an engineering credit? Did I? Uh, no. But if anyone out there needs an engineer, I'm I'm available for hire. I'll track I, any I, vocals I any too, day. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to press spacebar. Yeah. <laughs> I learned from the best, Jack Shirley, man. Great, thank you. Just press yeah. spacebar. Well, it's funny because I I would uh, when we were setting it all up, I I just asked Jack, hey, is this cool? And he said, yes, do it this way and this way. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Well, so. well, when when Jack gives us the green light, we we know that it's going to be okay. So. Well, you bring your own microphone to the studio. That's something to include, which is also the microphone that you use live, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, so to me, yeah, it's like, yes, you can take your microphone and record, you know, wherever, and we can gussy it up as needed later. Which is definitely needed. But, <laughs> uh, but no, it worked out great actually, and yeah. um, and you did a lot of doubling, which we later took out. But yes. maybe we'll ah. talk about that later. Sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, hitting spacebar, let's listen to the next song. Yeah.
Is that the most emo song on the record? <laughs> is it? Are you making fun of us? No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> because my honestly, my memory of this record is that it's very anti-melodic and it's very punishing and it's very like just like at your fucking. Well, yeah. I remember when we sent you the demos, and you're like, "Oh, I thought we, I thought we were doing something different." Like, you, it's almost like I let, you, like we let you down, because it's like you did. You're like, you're like, it's it's all brutal. I'm like, no, it's not. You didn't let me down, but I definitely have my heart set on the the on on like the prototype song that was gonna be the kickoff to the record, which is called what? Uh, parallels. And well, it's, we just call it parallels. And we're gonna assume that it's maybe out by now. Uh, I think no. I think actually um, or like by the time the record comes out no it'll be like oh, June weeks alright uh, so anyway weeks, weeks apart but so yeah another, there's a, there was a song yeah that was done <laughs> a year before this record and uh, it had a different feel to it and, and, and that's all I, that's what I was expecting but the demos came and the demos were brutality um, and, and that's all good yeah I mean that's the thing so the song that we're talking about it's so funny it's called parallels something but the name escapes me uh, right now we haven't now. played it in so long we I haven't played it in so long but we <laughs> we went into the studio and it was kind of like a one-off basically so we had started rehearsing as soon as we all got our vaccinations like we were being really diligent about social distancing and not even not even getting in the space but once once we all felt comfortable we got in immediately and started writing and so we made this song that prefaces this cluster of songs by about a year but it's actually coming out next month on a secret voice jeremy balm's label label um it's a comp with a bunch of other really great bands so look out for it but um when you listen to that song and you compare it to what we did on this one yeah it's it's totally its own thing although i i would argue that there are there are definitely elements of that song and the direction it was it's it mm -hmm. was kind of alluding to yeah. that come into this album and that that song actually might be a pretty good example of it in might terms closest one. of its that. melodicism yeah. and you might even think the next one has a bit of that too sure. these two songs back to back i would say are almost kind of like the are, are like bracketed with that level of melody although mm -hmm. they're definitely more chaotic than um the song that's going to be on the comp but um yeah. In fact, why don't why don't we why don't we just dive into this one and then we we'll talk about it.
that definitely is probably one of the more melodic songs that that we've written i think between the last one and and that one you know i think this was sort of an attempt to maybe maybe do something a little unexpected from what the band is known for doing you know it's like i know we've we've done melodic parts in the past but this this song in particular i feel like kind of stands out in terms of its structure and what's going on with the melody and how the vocals are are fitting within it all yeah that's a fun one yeah i feel like there's an aspect to that song where it takes sort of like i guess i have a like unique perspective in this band because i you know haven't always played music with you guys and and i've been uh you know, and I've just like loved everything you've done for a long time, but there's something with the way that you write where there's like this crazy level of like dynamic range and it has a lot to do with the rhythm section. Mm. Um, Like there's like the bass is always coming and going and the kick drum is, and it's like a very unique sort of approach and it's what makes for these really explosive songs. So I, I felt like when we were writing that one, we were doing all that stuff, but we were like, what if we have a part that pulls way back for, like we allowed ourselves to be really, really pulled back for 40 seconds yeah. instead of it being like a, a like a three second lead in right. or something. It was right. like, I kind of remember it feeling like, I was like, this feels dangerous, man. Are we allowed yeah. to, <laughs> can we? like, this is so bare and like, so it's like so vulnerable to kind of be like, all right. Because it, it was sort of like Eric was workshopping that whole guitar part in the middle. And a lot of this stuff starts with Eric coming up with guitar parts. And so, like, it was interesting. It was like, well, it made perfect sense to, to do that in the middle of that song, but it felt so strange to try and do it. And then we kept playing it and being like, this sounds so good. Like, when it when it comes back in, yeah, it's, it, it explodes delivers. so insanely. But sure. it's like, so it's interesting because you have to sort of look at it's like a conceptual thing where you're like, well, it's the same kind of like dynamic like recipe in songwriting, but you're you're taking it and really like recontextualizing it in a way that is uh, like it's hard to know if it's going to work and it's hard to know how it's going to come across. And it's been cool. It was cool to demo it the first sure. couple times. We were just like, let's get a phone recording and listen to this. Like, yeah, is this even feasible? Can we do this? Okay, let's play this live and see how that goes. You know, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's awesome. Like, cool. Okay, I think we can do this. Yeah, I, I think that's really well said because it makes me think about the writing process when we were, I mean, we were in the space so much. You know, we were kind of working in a silo because of COVID, right? Like, all we did was like regular life stuff and then we would always get into the rehearsal space, you know, at least, what, two times a week? maybe three during during crunch time. Yeah, we were in but there But we were in there really consistency, and we kind of found a process or a system that worked for that exploration of these songs. And to what you were saying, Sean, about like giving a song that sort of uh, a particular bracket of time where it's just guitar, and it's just one track of guitar. It's like the smallest thing possible in between this kind of like, you know, these walls of sound and then suddenly you're just a- alone you know with this guitar in your ears it's effective and and it, it's something that i think again to your to your point about like us being like is this going to work i don't know 
conceptually it might work but oh yeah okay so let's go in the space and let's like let's play it let's play it loud you know because actually i think what happened in the process of writing these songs is that we kind of found that you know of course demoing a ton on just on an iphone and then taking them home oftentimes playing them right away in the car after pulling away from the rehearsal space mm-hmm. we found that playing these songs at low volume so we were like behind our instruments and like playing, but the guitars would be clean, right. you know, and the bass would be, you know, turned down 75%. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd be playing pretty pretty light on the kit. The reveal of that was showing that these songs actually had and have uh, have structures that we've never really been so mindful of before and in terms in terms of songwriting process sure and i just thought it was so cool that that kind of became sort of our 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 mo well and speaking to the dynamics thing like we had this conversation in loma years and years ago where it's like hey dudes if it's always loud it's never loud because like (laughs) right it has nowhere to go you know like and and it, it ends up just being this flat line of like yeah, it's just at 10 all the time. Like, you got to give it the, that breather so that you can get loud again yeah. to, like, have that impact. But, yeah, so so talking about the, that pulse of the rhythm section, that's kind of the, the like, micro dynamic versus the macro dynamic of, like, the big sure. picture where, like, this whole section drops for, like, long. It's, it's super effective. It, it's the thing that I look for in the music that I listen to and the music that I make. I mean, it's like, yeah, I don't think it, people do it enough. Yeah, it adds a lot of excitement and... Things can be totally out of control and intense, but if you're dropping certain elements, you know, like we talk about this kind of stuff all the time where it's like, what if the part is just as insane, but like the hi-hat is closed, like it it introduces a totally different thing. Or especially with, I think, you know, we got into this pattern where it's like the guitar is totally wild and loud the whole time, but it's it's pulsing with the bass and the bass is coming and going a lot right that kind of thing so, so there's yeah air. i think i think those last two songs kind of have that where it was like if they were just that melodic and there wasn't all this sort of like intention paid to these things that make them more intense and that have them building and peaking and pulling back and mm-hmm. you know like i don't think they would have stood you know like i think that it was yeah. sort of like the dynamics that we all felt were giving them power what's what know? makes it sound like percent right Right, you know, and like, makes it sound like Jerome's dream, I think, too. Sure, you know what sure. I mean? Because it's a very dynamic band. It's always been a band that has these crazy peaks and these, it's it's interesting. Like, no matter how frantic or, like, grindy it gets or anything else, there's, it's yeah. not just, like, 30 seconds of noise and then the next song, you know? It's never right. been that kind of thing. Sometimes that's fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it's true. It creates a certain... You know, sonic narrative, of course, mm-hmm. but I also I think too it demonstrates a level of. I, I mean, I could be off on this, but I'm just, yeah, I'm just rattling off what's coming to mind. But there's almost a a, a confidence in not feeling like you have to be full throttle at all times. You sure. know, yeah, I know it's, what you mean. It's it's where like you know you can write something heavy, but not feel like it has to be heavy all the way through because like 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 what everyone is in, in agreement on is that it's more impactful to actually know when to pull back or when to drop something out mm-hmm. or when to kind of bring it down in velocity or whatever or or um you know what, what whatever whatever the choice the creative choices are 
that was definitely something that I, t- I took notice very quickly, very quickly when we were making this together. And um, it, it was almost like this kind of, um, I think we we're just really aligned collectively on sort of the overall direction of how these songs needed to be executed. So there might have been like deliberate choices and like dropping out under Sean's guitar part or um or or me or me like like catching certain parts or or Jeff and I locking in together while while you know Sean does feedback or whatever whatever he he's doing and it was just nice because there wasn't actually a lot of discussion about whether or not it was going to work. We almost just kind of knew that it had to be that way after like playing it a couple times and being like, well, sure. It's instinctual. That's it. Yeah. You know, and oftentimes, you know, um, when a song is fi- followed by laughter, that's kind of also the, 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 the litmus test right yeah. there. So yeah. I, I also think it was really like when we started playing with Sean, it was, um, it just felt really natural right away he just sort of knows what to do right away. It was never like, oh, well, we do this and this and this. It was just like we got in there and he just immediately just like hit the ground running. It was like, yeah, I'm not going to look nice. I'm not going to look at you, Sean. That was something <laughs> that um... That's something that we were and are um very much still uh really grateful for is um this coming together with Sean and and making this thing with him. Yeah, the kind of built-in understanding of well, I, again, I think there's just full alignment of creative choices and aesthetics, and um, I think that's kind of what really added to the creation of, of these songs was this kind of collective and aligned effort that um, it 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 just all kind of happened, and yeah, you know, Sean, your your guitar playing, it 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 fits right in. And it just has something that you can't put your finger on. It's it, it is visceral, and I think you know to what we were talking about a, f- a couple tracks before in terms of your approach with like keeping it simple, but but you know like you do some guitar doubles, but I think it's in the nuance and how you play and when you introduce things that are very much your own, and makes the whole feel of of the entire song very uniquely your your own contribution because i think that's the other thing that's really great about um what happened with this record is like everyone was able to do and bring their own perspective to the record and it it just it just came out the way it came out and it's like wow that's pretty pretty awesome And we're back. And we're back. Yeah, so that that was just a quick 
interlude I had written on piano or more accurately a MIDI controller, but you know, who's, who's really keeping, keeping score. Uh, there's not much to that track other than just one night at the house. I started messing around and I, I had this kind of melody in my head and that's actually a shortened version of it. There's a longer version, but we just kind of cut it to like what, 60 seconds or something. Mm. And yeah, there's, there's actually an inspiration behind it. Um, but I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna put it on air. Um, but mm. the, one of, one of our friends who's listening, he knows what it's about or who it's for or who actually inspired it. And I'll just keep it at that. Let's move on to uh, side two, if you have an LP. Let's go. I think that's the one where uh, Sean really lets his hair down. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was realizing listening to that, my proudest guitar moment of this record happened there. And it's not necessarily what I play, but there's this little section right before we go into the, <laughs> the kind the of bend? blast part where, yeah, it's, it's feeding back for a long time. And I figured out this trick when we were working on the song where I would, like, if I was at the exact correct height and I walked like sideways around my amp, <laughs> it so, it my Squeal. amp sounded like it was breaking. And Sick. so when I went to record that, it was like I got it in the live take and then I had to figure out how to double it and I got it perfect. We should and it sounds fucked up. We should add that the band recorded this was no headphones, right? Like this was everybody in the room together, amps and drums and the whole bit. Yeah, and I think we we had come in maybe intending to isolate things because 
on some level we were we were thinking about like the drums being super like thumping and hip-hop and we were like well if we interfere with the room mics like who knows what's going to happen with this but we kind of started setting up live and it was like the chaos and noise of the record is kind of like that feel felt more important and it didn't feel like we were losing it anything we were only gaining things by like playing it together well, in the room and the yeah. demos kind of dictated that it was like you guys just need to be together you know like we can't we can't like there's so much feedback and stuff happening like we can't overdub right. that stuff it's such a weird yeah i mean i i think yeah. before we even realized that you're all, you were already setting us up in the live room <laughs> <laughs> so like we had no choice because you just made us do it there's something so disappointing about overdubbing feedback like when it was never like doubling is one thing but when you're overdubbing it to like when you're that's the old the first you know it's like the first uh introduction of it like onto a recording is kind of like being faked and like and, and it's not working and it takes multiple takes like you feel like more and more of a fraud every time you have to yeah. do another take of fucking <laughs> feedback that like yeah. wasn't part of the performance just yeah. it's just to create an overdubbed feeling yeah um we had to take a lot of bass feedback out that's right we had, yeah. we had to take feedback out <laughs> <laughs> and it was yours not sean's yeah what mine. the fuck it was, just, it was too shrill that bass feedback is yeah fucking wild it was, well that was actually that something that you know i remember some of the feedback and, and actually Sean's feedback was so blistering that you almost had to do some more technical stuff to sort of roll off or like EQ yeah, that, some of it to make it listenable. Right. That was Jeff's. It, it, it was like, it was such a specific spike in a specific frequency that we right. had to do. It's called notching where you like basically eliminate a frequency, like because it's so like pointed and piercing. Yeah. That song also, Almost didn't make it on the record, but yeah. again, thanks to Jack, um, he he basically said, "Well, since that is the more like you know out of left field song, that's all the more reason why it needs to be on the record sure. because you know that's actually one song that I think we're definitely getting out of our comfort zone." You know, I think there's a level of simplicity to it, but there's also a level of difficulty because of its simplistic nature. There's not much to hide behind that song. And, you know, it should be also noted that we didn't we didn't record to a click to any of these songs. And that song, I feel like could have very well have been done to a click. But we we did it, I think, in two takes and we're like, okay, that's that's it. And I, was, I was white knuckling the whole time. Oh, we I was <laughs> I was so scared that, I was like, I'm, that gonna, I'm just gonna slip. Yeah. I think I was white knuckling maybe half this record. No, maybe twenty-five percent of it. But I think it was just also the excitement and you know, good nervousness of, of the fact that we were actually doing it. And again, Jack, to your point about the demos dictating like how how this kind of played out here in the studio was um you know, I think because we rehearsed so much, because you know we were in a pandemic, sure. we made this record during a fucking pandemic. Like, what else were we supposed to do but practice? And I think that really also, you know, laid out what it is that we're all listening to here is because we showed up to the studio and we just we almost kind of mechanically knew what we had to do. Well, and that was one of the like, we did that one song parallels. There's a pretty stylistic drum sound in the on the on that song yeah and there, it's like this breakbeat thing that opens the song and it's very like pulsy and like over compressed and um and, and it's 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 intentional and and uh and there was a lot of talk the year 
following that of like, yeah, man, we're going to fucking get in there and do more of that stuff. It's going to be cool. And then the <laughs> demos came and it's like, oh, it's all loud. Like yeah. we can't do any of that stuff really. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. so, and then it was like, okay, well we don't need to worry about isolation. We don't need to worry about stylistic production. We just need to like set up a band and record and a band. The thing. Yeah. So it was good. That's a lyrically. That's a heavy one, huh? It's heavy. Yeah, it's just about someone just they just can't handle it and they destroy their own their own life and uh, it's um, you know just one thing leads to another leads to another and then before you know it you're gone and um, the song itself it, I find that this one is kind of a another weird left of center one as well. Um, it's it's kind of it, it wasn't it wasn't um intentional that this was uh to follow the f- the, the, f- the the last track which is entitled <laughs> but this is also a weird one and 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 truthfully i wasn't i wasn't sure about it you know mm-hmm. i thought the timing like when we when we came up with it in the practice space i remember what that one night like we just started playing that weird fucked up time signature yeah. the the first part and we kind of jammed that out for like I don't thirty know, minutes, like thirty minutes straight. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was and it became kind of hypnotic, and then we we built around it, and then it just became what you just listened to. It's um, it's it's definitely 
I think this track for me personally is is the one that kind of it just has its kind of own identity. Like it fits within the record, but it, it it's the one track that I feel like is kind of like on its own hill or something. Mm-hmm. Instrumentally, um, like the again another song that just exemplifies um, you know Sean's insanity and. <laughs> His 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 choices and and what the fuck he's doing. Um, but uh, yeah, I love it all. It's yeah, man. I'm losing it. Um, yeah, you've lost it a long time ago. <laughs> I I I recall. It's funny. I've I've been uh, it, listening to that. I'm like, okay. Well, I recall how like challenging and. I mean, I recall it, like writing that song being stressful. And and I'm yeah, and it's I'm actually to listen like, to. I'm I'm trying not to it's funny, I'm I'm having this thing lately where I'm like with music and a lot of things in life in general, I'm like trying not to like sugarcoat anything. I'm trying to yeah. remember how like writing this record was really challenging. And I think I want to remember that because that's part of the reward of like sitting and listening to it now. Like I Yeah. It's re- it's sort of it's easy I think like having made records before and you, you know, like time passes and it's like, you know, uh, childbirth or something, you know, you like forget <laughs> that you're like, okay, well, I'm just left with this <laughs> evolution. Cool. Not that I know shit about childbirth, but what I, from what I've been told and, um, <laughs> like, Oh, I got this kid and you forget about how excruciating it was. To, yeah. Like, because to you'd never do it, it again. If you like, yeah. you know, <laughs> if you weren't protected by the endorphins or whatever, but, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of aspects to it. Like listening to these songs now, I'm kind of getting back in the headspace where I'm like, oh, dude, I remember us going back and forth about this one specific like 15 second part of that song for like a month or two. <laughs> and sometimes getting like frustrated and like the right. practice would, you know, we'd play for six or eight hours and be like, we're not going to fucking figure it out tonight, I guess. You know, like, like, like oh, I broke a string and my fucking amps all Oh my God, you're, fucked br- up. you're, you're bringing me back, man. And Trauma. Yeah. I, I actually like that part of the process. I, I think I do too. And it's like, but it, you know, because you know that there's the victory at the end where you get to like hang out with Jack Shirley and listen to it and, <laughs> you know, think, like, yeah. and like glorify how much it sucked instead of just <laughs> being stuck in the moment where you're like, Man, I'm starting to feel like I have COVID, and <laughs> this, is this, like, this part sucks. And it was good when we started two hours ago. This yeah. is like I hate watching myself. Your kid, watching your kid graduate now. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, kid, yeah. And you get to go to the end where it's like, oh, we're so proud of him. I yeah, can't yeah, him yeah. Walk can't across. Wait. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you've already, you know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, that that's actually My son's probably gonna the, listen to this at some point. That that is um, a really good point. It's it, it is a reminder of just how excruciating some of those nights were where we just we couldn't figure it like we couldn't crack the code and this was a prime example this song was exactly that where like it didn't naturally just kind of lay itself out this was one where we actually had to put on the back burner for at least two or three weeks before we got back to it months was it months yeah it kept coming back and yeah like like okay well we chipped away at this one part mm-hmm. and then you get everything to a good spot and you're like well now there's this middle section that's not really working the now that we have this end the, section you know problem. yeah but yeah, a, I, a few of these songs were kind of challenging like that and i forgot that part of the process you know, actually I did too. yeah it's it's good to uh reflect on that too you well, know what i mean the reason why i like it though is just to see the depths of sorrow 
and misery that you guys feel <laughs> because it makes me feel closer to you. Wow. It's proof that you're doing something worthwhile. Yeah. If you all want to kill each other or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, I think Sean wanted to kill us, but. Oh, yeah. I was just. You wanted know, I was to. Like, well, <laughs> I'm there right now with the people that I'm playing music with. So maybe it means something Woo-hoo. good. Happen. Yeah. That's when, you, that's when you go from uh, friends to family, you know. Exactly. Yeah, really. That's exactly why. You're that's like, exactly man, why. I want to harm you. But if anyone else does. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna have to come through me they're gonna have to get in line but you, you know that you're on to something when you get to that point in the in the process where you leave rehearsal not feeling quite satisfied and a little bit like on edge mm-hmm. there are definitely there are quite a few times where because we, we would we would be in the space for what four to fucking six hours and this is no dilla dally like no right. like smoke breaks or like yeah, get some the part, right? get something to eat we just like would work yeah we would like have a few beers on occasion but really it it was like uninterrupted work hmm. but you know reflecting on it now it's like fuck we were really in it like we were in it and um you know we would have this sort of concentrated few hours every couple weeks and yeah it gets intense you know because it's not like we're trying to write a hit fucking song or like whatever we're we're just trying to make the best version of what it is that we're we're putting down on tape so to speak you know Mm -hmm. literal tape by the way literal tape ladies and gentlemen two inch two inch baby correct all right. So next, on. yeah. nasty endings <laughs> yeah it's pretty nasty too yeah i i um we sean and i were just 
talking while it was rolling. We we were trying to remember if if we had I think we actually did at least I don't know, maybe three takes of that song, but we ended up going with the first one, I think. Well, that song we demoed it in the parallels session too. It's that old. Oh, oh wow. shit, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. We That was one of the first ones. Right. Yeah, it was the second song we kind of wrote together. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's a good point. That was one of the older songs that um Yeah, it was one of the first songs that we had written together. That was as, like as that in parallels. I was like So, that would make sense here. if that was a first take. I I do tell people often in the studio like it's okay if the first take is the one because yeah. people will sometimes they'll do a song and kind of look at each other like, "Oh, that sounded pretty good." Yeah. And like if they feel like they're in the studio like we should probably do more takes, right? And it's right. like, "No." Yeah. Like if that you know like what? if it was good, it's good. It's funny because when we were playing Conversations, the first song on the record, Yeah. We just started playing it, and I was like, "Well, I guess we're going already. Here we go." You know, I, I didn't. There was like no grand beginning. It was just like, no, just plug it and click, play. Click, is, off we go. That is correct. That's how your <laughs> that's how your record starts. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> you know, you, you think there's going to be this like this, I don't know, shining moment where okay, and we begin. No, yeah. it's just like, all right, we're in it now. Yeah, right. You build up to it for a year and talk about it all the time, yeah. and then. I mean, for us, it was insane, too, because we played a show the night before we started recording. So it was like we played in Oakland and stayed out till super late and then came here in the morning and set up. And then, yeah, I kind of recall that same feeling where we were like tracking songs. And I was like, dude, I feel like I'm like, dude, I need a nap. (laughs) (laughs) And like, God, this sounds we sound good. (laughs) But yeah, it's it it is a funny thing where you sort of build it up in your mind as if it's your uh wedding day or something i th- I think all musicians go through their own version of that lead up to getting in the studio and i think the one thing that was so smart on our end was to actually play these songs for the first time live the night before like it was or, or we played three shows we played um yeah we, we played oakland the night before and we had played a couple shows in the northwest um two weeks before that that's right. It's two weeks. Yeah. So, so that was one thing that we hadn't done when we made our first LP upon reforming in 2019. You know, that was a whole other process that you know could be a whole other podcast. It's just a reflection of, you know, the difficulty of making a record after not being active for 17 plus years. But this was a much different ball game, having toured a fuck ton in 2019. And then figuring, um, and then figuring out what to do better this round. And yeah, playing shows before getting in the studio um, is obviously, uh, you know, a, a huge, huge advantage for for headspace. Mm-hmm. Also, just 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 overall preparation. And of course, you know, if it wasn't a pandemic, it'd probably be pretty typical that a band would come off of a tour and then get in a studio and make a record. But this is such a such a weird time mm-hmm. where there's some there's some bands who who are on tour or who have been touring and all that and then there's bands who still haven't even gotten on a stage yet and it's just a weird time but i'm just so glad that we were able to to capture this whole thing when we did and to have been as prepared as we were i i personally don't think i've ever been more prepared than i was for this record and i'm i'm really proud of us as a band for coming correct but for my own nerves and my own temper 
<laughs> um, I think it was a success, right, Jeff? <laughs> right, Jeff. I'm looking right at you uh, now. Yeah. Answer me. I'm, I'm looking into back. your eyes. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I mean, it. It. There were no. The only, except for a, everything else, just felt pretty, pretty easy. You know, a, I was just well, again white knuckling, but then. Yeah, and even though we were white knuckling, um, I think we might have done that on the first take. No. I, now Second that I'm take? thinking about it, I think that we were we were feeling like the. Oh, it was a tempo thing. It was a tempo thing. Yeah, I can't we're, remember if it was too fast or too slow, or it was wavering. It was all of the above. I right, think yeah. there was wavering. Uh, <laughs> too fast and too slow. Yeah, too fast and too slow <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Which I guess that is wavering. That is. Yes. True. Yeah. Yeah. The definition. <laughs> Um, Moving on? Yeah. Let's do it. So we we that's all three of us playing. That's mm-hmm. Eric and Sean playing gu- guitar and me playing bass and um I remember I was trying to sequence the record in a way that I could play along and just practice singing for the shows that we've been talking about Pacific Northwest and the Oakland show just to kind of get ourselves in the headspace for the studio. And I'm going through all these demos that we have, and I found that. And I was just like, oh, what's this? And I put it on, and I'm listening to it. And then that change where it starts to get super reverby and cavernous, and I was just like, what the fuck is this? And I remember I sent it to you. I think I sent it to both of you, and I was just like, this is so good. We have to, we have to do something with this. And um, so that's, that's sort of my, my preface for it, but I'll let you guys go with it. <laughs> Well, I, I like the fact that Sean just like low key mixed it and yeah. didn't tell us 
Yeah. He, he like and what put it in like a communal. Yeah, because we had yeah. we we were putting all of our phone demos on on, on you know Google Drive folder, and I think when when Jeff pulled it out or he like brought it he like he like sent it over to me he's like what like what what is or remember this and i listened to it i'm like yeah but what's all that reverb on it yeah. and shit and then i and then i i think i asked you or we're like did you did you fuck with that a little bit and you're like oh and i think you just said like you had had like messed around with it or eq'd it and put some reverb on it or something but it was kind of an unexpected but really nice surprise because one it was a part that i had com- i had completely forgotten that we recorded that and th- and that by the way is i think that was just no that was recorded on the iphone i think i recorded it or we were field using recorder. that yeah that field, field recorder, recorder. That, that zoom h4n yeah at the rehearsal space at the space quite a bit at some point and my recollection of that is that we were working on that part for a long time this one night and that was kind of it was another one of those 30 minute yeah, like hypnotic over over. things yeah. that we'd work on. And it was that was a, a lot of the process of the album was the three of us playing stringed instruments to work things out. Yeah. Sometimes really volume. loud, sometimes quiet mm-hmm. and recording. And then it was funny because I think what what the deal was with that initial little like phrase of music was that it was one of those other songs that we were laboring on that was like really severe and heavy. It might have been conversations on time and mute or it was one of the early really heavy songs on the record mm-hmm. and we got to this point like halfway through the song where we couldn't figure out what to do next that and was i one. feel like to like fuck with you guys i <laughs> tacked that piece onto the end of like this really severe song but it was like timed so that it just flowed straight in yeah sure. yeah and maybe two months later jeff texted and was like what the fuck is this th- <laughs> what's this beautiful part at the yeah. end of this song that's now finished and I was like, oh, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I went home after practice. Right and, after you know, practice, you did that. I'd always go home and just listen to everything and be like, well, we're into something good, but we should finish this song, you know? Right. Like, yeah. Six um, hours of practice and you go home and, like, do more. Right. And so. The way. So, so because you Classic liked that Sean. section, I just, like, grabbed that piece and, like, threw it in the folder yeah. as, as, like, an individual track, like. Who fucking knows? Like, you know, at, at some point we were like, maybe we're going to record 30 songs. Like, I don't know. Right. You know what I mean? So, that was the goal at first, right? Let's write yeah. as many as we can. And, you know, that that piece had like more changes in it, too, which I'm kind of sad we we never recorded because I don't know what they were. But there were there were like bass lines in there that like like would drop or like, you mm-hmm. know, it would just change the, the, the mood in a good way. And but. I'm really happy with what did get captured and what you did to it. Yeah, and and what I like about coming away with that is it it is just like a little a moment in the rehearsal space. We didn't have the intention of like okay, this is going to be on a record. Right. No. We were just recording it that was an just accident. just just to have for reference, but it's kind of funny how that works out where you have a folder of, you know, whatever almost like 3 dozen ideas or something. And then this one in particular stands out to all of us. We're like, oh shit, like that's actually a perfect segue into what became the last song, Mm -hmm. which is what we're about to listen to right now. Here we go. Yeah. 
<laughs> there you have it. The sound of one hand clapping. <laughs> Golf clap. <laughs> that was it. This yeah. is it. That's the record. That's the first time I've listened to it since we finished. That's amazing. It's uh yeah. What well, was we, that like for you? It's cool. It's it's uh it holds up. I like I said, I I'm I could listen to something I worked on a week ago and be disappointed. Um but I am not disappointed. So that's <laughs> yes. that's good. I feel like we all did a good job. B minus. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I I thought that getting together to to do something like this, because this is I you know, we've never done anything like this before. Um and I was thinking, well, it'd be kind of cool to come back together after making something that at least, you know, the three of us are have just been kind of pouring over these last few months, just kind of absorbing, studying and anticipating what what we're gonna do with it this year, you know? Yeah. And so I think this is really cool that we got together and listened to it as uh, you know, as a four, as a four piece. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it brought back a lot of aspects of the process of creating it, making it. And, um, it's got me really excited about whatever, whatever is ahead now. So yeah, pretty cool. Very cool. I want to hear it on vinyl. That's, that's <laughs> the next phase. That is going to, it's definitely going to give it a little bit of warmth. It does yeah. feel like from a get, I was like, "Damn, this is crisp, punishing." Like in a in a in a, an appropriate way. Yeah. But like, yeah, it is bright, mm-hmm. and it is like nasty. <laughs> <laughs> nasty boys. Yeah. 